for Yahweh saying Boker Tov. That means good morning in Hebrew or the actual way to say Hebrew is Ibrahi. And if you're talking about Hebrews then you're saying plural and that's Ibrahim. So hallelujah the rockism that we will have as a word for the day is demons are hard enough to fight them, so why invite them? Rockism by Revelation Rock, Kevin Rock Rice, written on eight eighteen or eight eight sixteen or two thousand sixteen. We need to understand that what they call spiritual warfare that really in many ways gets downplayed by many people uh, as being something that doesn't exist. Uh, It is scripturally and historically been really obviously the opposite. It's really obviously something quite different than that. And we need to know that. We need to see that. We need to absorb that. The uh, clear understanding of this rockism is very much historically and scripturally based in that type of knowledge. So we're going to come against the demons today. Again, the rockism demons—it's hard to hard enough to fight them. So why invite them? It's hard enough to fight them. So why invite them? I'm going to ask for Scott Scribe Pratt, Shaliach Havahaba, to open us up in a fiery prayer to kick the devil in the face today so we can come together against evil and we can pray for all of those who have evil trying to come into their lives. And quite honestly, it's not too hard for evil to come into their lives because they invite the evil into their lives. And, uh, you know, we recently had someone uh, as far back as yesterday who invited evil into this household, and it is not welcome here. This is a home of shalom. So this is why I am picking this subject, this topic, because it's very real for us 
um, when you invite anti-Torah behavior or behavior that is uncomely before our king, behavior that is unacceptable to our Abba we are welcoming some very, very nasty, foul, unclean, wicked spirits into our presence. And especially our dwelling place. Our dwelling place needs to be a sanctuary. It needs to be a place that we fight against the evil to ever let it come in. And that includes where people worship at churches. You know, they open their doors and everyone's welcome. The Protestant denomination that I came out of, you know, they have a commercial in the in the United Church of Christ that they allow, uh, you know, gays and lesbians and they want to be the all-inclusive. We, we accept everybody, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they are doing exactly what this rockism said, it's hard enough to fight them, so why invite them? And they're inviting when they are invoking uh, evil spirits through the people that are carriers of the evil spirits. It's, it's all too obvious for those that are filled with Ruach HaKodesh and fire, those of us who have that gift of discernment, we can see through the smoke and mirrors and games of this world. We can see through all of the ways that they try to minimize, rationalize, and justify what is the carrier into their lives. And it doesn't have to be through allowing an actual physical person, although that's what happened in my home of Shalom, and I'm furious about it, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be addressing it immediately. This is an immediate emergency situation because someone was allowed into our home, and it says very clearly on the lease that no one is allowed to come onto the property unless approved by the landlord. And you know, I don't necessarily care for the term landlord, but I would prefer overseer of the property, but the legal language in the laws of the land in the United States of America uses this term landlord and renter. And, uh, you know, um, it's bad enough if we know that people are going to look at things on their phones, look at things on their tablets, look at things on their computers, and look at things on their television sets that would be another way to invite things in that are not welcome. So we come against all of that evil as well. Um, but when it's a physical person brought in that I have not vetted, that I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with somebody having a guest and them, you know, having a date even, uh, but never is it ever going to be someone going into a room outside of being able to show the room with the door open where everybody can see that we're just showing the room and now we're going to move out of the hallway 
where where the private places for all the people because you know this isn't a hotel this isn't a uh you know hostel or any kind of environment that is just of the world this is home of shalom and we have a standard of excellence that we need to maintain here if we are indeed to maintain a place of peace, a uh, actual place where shalom is present. The shalom starts to get dissipated and starts to get ousted from a place when other evil forces come against the, the very things that bring the shalom in. Me speaking a message out into the common area for everyone in the house to hear. They know when they're moving in. I do a radio program. I'm going to be talking, and I talk loud, and I start early in the morning. So if you don't like that, the sounds of that, don't sign the lease. Don't move in. We're, we're, we'd rather have you say no, no thank you, because we told you up front honestly what we got going on here because we're going to minister the word. And we're not going to be quiet about it because you now live here. You know, we're not going to be quiet because you live here when we're ministering the word. That is well known in advance before anybody moves in. This is a ministry home. We do a radio broadcast every day, and we're going to preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, teach the word, teach the word, teach the word. We're going to reach with the word. And the word will be in this house. As Yahshua says, or Joshua in his book, right up front in the beginning, as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. That is what's going on here. In home of Shalom, as for me and my home of Shalom, we will serve Yahweh. And it's a very loud and very proud message one of the few things you can be proud in or proud about is him. You know, that's a, that's a good pride. That's not a false pride. That's not an evil pride. It's not a negative pride. Being excited about and, and standing with <clears throat> your creator, your maker, and what he says goes kind of an attitude. If it's good enough for his mishpaka, then it's good enough for my personal mishpaka, me and my, starting with me and my wife, and then all the people that are part of my immediate family, they better get used to it because I'm not bowing down to their demons and the things that they want to have as the precedent or as the standard for their house. No, this is, as for me and my house. I'm the overseer of this house. I'm responsible for all of it, which means I'm responsible for the attitude of gratitude that's in the house. Is everybody grateful? Oh, no, I don't really like it here. Well, then hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. You know, if you aren't grateful that you have a peaceful place to be in this evil world that is filled with stress and struggle and frustration and worry and doubt and fear and all sorts of discontentment 
if if you're not sick and tired of all that and you really want to be part of this world, then go somewhere else. This is meant to be a refuge from all of that, which is why we want the homes to be in beautiful neighborhoods that you're probably going to have less sin in if you can find a home of shalom uh, location in a more upscale neighborhood, not in a ghetto. We don't really want homeless shaloms to, to be as a target in ghettos. That's not where they belong. We do want house of worships there. We want love centers there. So there are other properties for that to fight against the evil, and we're going to put ourselves right in those types of environments. But not homeless shalom. It's a different type of ministry. It's a lifestyle choice that you have to realize that it is the Torah and following that instruction manual that is going to give you a shalom life. You're not going to ever have a shalom life if you don't stop fighting Yahweh. If you are at odds with Yah and you're fighting Abba Yah, you're not going to be in shalom. You're, you're going to have a lot of problems coming at you because punishments are coming and reconciliation, you know, is the necessary element that you need to come in. It needs to happen because if it doesn't, you are putting yourself in the danger zone. So I have uh, this confrontation I got to do today and I got to come against the evil and the person who's been who did this and brought a female into his bedroom and uh must have known that we were gone must have seen that you know my truck was gone and just figured he could get away with it and that uh, somehow no one would say anything and I'm so grateful that uh, one of our elders was here and did say something, and if she wouldn't have been on the phone, would have definitely confronted uh, this situation. So uh, I'm going to ask, again, the rockism, demons, it's hard enough to fight them. So why invite them? A rockism by Revelation Rock. Scott Scribe Pratt. Shaliyah Chavahaba, that's overseer of love. If you could bring in the fire this morning over this master's message that I have heavy on my heart to share. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I will definitely do what I can. Abba, yeah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your shalom, Abba, yeah. We thank you for a calmness and understanding, a resonance, a resonance that goes beyond just peace. And Abba, it 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 does not remain if there's division. It does not remain if there's opposition. It doesn't remain if there's contention. 
Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We just ask right now, Yah, that you'd open our hearts and minds to understand what your servant has to say. Yah, teach us, show us the difference between evil and demons. Help us to identify, help us to understand, help us to put guards up, help us to put walls up, help us to be on the watch, Abiyah, so that when these Shaddaim come in and come at, that we are fully equipped to, to overcome them, to throw, cast them under our feet in the name of Yeshua, that we could, that we would speak to them. We have, yeah, you are, you are so awesome. You gave us authority over the angels. You gave us authority, yeah, to be able to command the angels to certain points in certain places at certain times. They are messengers of light for us. And they are here to help us. Aviyah, help us to understand how to put them to use for our benefit, for your benefit. Now, but we just thank you for the fact that we know that you know, we know that we know that we know that you have already dealt with this. Yeah, we just ask that you help us to watch, help us to prepare, help us to remain prepared and to do what's necessary to stay fully clothed in the full armor of Yah. So that we can quench the fiery darts of the adversary as they come in, so that we're aware when they're coming in. Uh, But none of this is possible. We can do none of this on our own. This is all through your son, all through you, Abba, Yah. So, Yah, we just thank you in advance for everything you're doing. Thank you in advance for the word, Yah. Help your servant to deliver it the way you would have it delivered so that it has the greatest impact possible. In the name of Yeshua, hallelujah. And amen.
breaking down The devil is a liar Body. 
we are truly our worst enemy uh, in that because especially those of us who have gravitated towards transformed recovery because we can get honest with ourselves and we can say, yeah, I can, I can see that I have a challenge with food. I can see that I do eat beyond necessary food that should go in my body. I put things in my body that give me a pleasure. They give me an, uh, a euphoric uplift. They give me a rise. They give me an excitement. They give me uh, something that I'm looking for to make me feel better. And uh, comfort foods is is usually for most food addicts the most challenging ones to quit. You know, for Sand and I, chips are a deadly curse. The crunch, there's something about the texture, uh, all of it, it just, you know, and you want to stick that in your body. Even though you know that the oils and different things that are in it, the processing of how it was made, um, none of it is really uh, good for you. If you're going to eat a chip, a baked chip would be better, but then you still have to look at ingredients. What are they sticking on the chip? You know, uh, it used to be that you could say, well, this is corn, this isn't, wheat and rye and barley and oats so there there isn't a conflict here as far as the conflict of gluten um and how destructive gluten is for the small intestine and uh those genetically modified foods the the GMOs um because corn now a lot of that has been tampered with so corn chips and cornbread now are even becoming something that we have to take into a very strong consideration. Is this acceptable or not? Um, you know, rice is one of the few grains, and then there's only certain types of rice that are actually really of nutritional value. Um, so we really have to realize the body is loaded with scriptures that we are supposed to be protecting the body that we've been given. So do we let, what do we let in? What do we invite in, which is the rockism, that we have to really take under consideration? Because we can put things in that are building that body up or tearing that body down. Now, as far as body parts that are highlighted in Scripture, obviously the mind is the portion of soul that we have to really look at. You know, the mind, will, and emotions is what really makes up the soul. And, um, you know, the scripture uh, regarding mind is also extensive. There is much as to what do we let in, what do we invite in to our mind. And, of course, if the eyes are the windows to the soul... You know, then there's a portal um, through the eyes that if we're looking at things we shouldn't be looking at, we are obviously taking those eyes into 
a mind that is now being corrupted because we allowed it to be corrupted. We welcomed or invited in things that we should not have invited in. Um, so there's many scriptures regarding the mind. And, you know, then, of course, uh, it's really not the body part heart that it's talking about, but we think of our heart um, as an internal organ. But the heart is spoken of more in the, in the fashion of uh, that connection to the soul. And uh, the soul is not a body part. So uh, we find ourselves in uh, the English again uh, in translation, much lost in translation when trying to begin to articulate uh, the detail of demons. It's hard enough to fight them. So why invite them? This rockism really gets you to look deep as to your own invitation that you have, that you give permission. And part of it, obviously, in Scripture is not only your body, but allowing other bodies into your presence. And for some of you, there are sick people that are within your family that you should have kicked out of your life as, you know, any good uh, codependency anonymous uh, leader would show you directly in the literature. And I can verify that the best thing my father ever did when I was... 18 years old was to kick me out of the house that showed me in my you know ending up in homelessness for my first time that showed me the privilege and the honor that it was to live in a nice place um a lot better in Wisconsin winters to live in a ranch-style home on four and a half acres of land about four miles out of Plymouth, Wisconsin, right at the edge of the Kettle Moraine. A lot nicer to live there than to be homeless and wandering the streets of Plymouth, Wisconsin. And once he closed off the invitation to me, who was the carrier of demonic force, I was the carrier of all kinds of foul, nasty, unclean, wicked spirits that had begun to severely possess me because later in that year after, by the time I was probably just 19, I was having those very demons I carried for so many years with me as my my buddies, my friends. I was having them cast out in an Assembly of God congregation in Krivitz, Wisconsin. So, you know, what do we carry in our bodies? 
what do we carry in our thoughts? What type of strongholds have we invited and allowed to stay and we never evicted them? And what kind of ways have we guarded our heart as we're told to do in the Mishal or Proverbs 4.23 verse? It says, above all else, guard your heart. Above everything, we're supposed to be guarding our heart. Because everything that we do flows from that heart. So it has to be guarded. We're guarding our hearts when we say the command that we shouldn't have any other gods before us or before Yahweh. We shouldn't put any other God before him. There's a lot to be said about allowing demons, allowing gods and goddesses into our lives. This is why we have to do a revision on the even what we thought was a good text, the HRB. Uh, we, have to, we have to do a revision to this and or have a completely different text because there is no way that we can continue to speak the names of gods and goddesses out of our mouth and then pretend like that's acceptable if we have the conviction on Jesus or Jesus and we have the conviction on, you know, that earth pig and that we shouldn't be worshiping or honoring or respecting or replacing, for that matter, anything with a false deity, an earth pig, rather than a lamb slain. It just is not acceptable to Yahweh. So we don't have any other gods or goddesses before him. We can't. So we're keeping them out of our lives. We're protecting our hearts. We're protecting our minds by doing this. And we're supposed to love Yah with all our heart and soul and strength and with all our mind in Luke ten twenty seven. So if that is the case, if we're loving Yahweh, our Elohim, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind, what he is, he's a jealous hell. He just does not want you to invite anything else in after you've invited him in. He is not going to share. He's not going to share. He wants you as his possession. And you have to love Yah more than anything else that's in your life. You have to have him first because he will not accept that type of a competition that you are, are putting out there. And you, you have to realize that you are guarding your heart by keeping Yeshua HaMashiach as the high priest, as the center point of your innermost being, 
because that takes away any chance of Satan sneaking anything else in there. Worry. We talked about not letting worry in. You know, I was taught a long time ago, if you're going to worry, don't pray. If you're going to pray, don't worry. And that is such a important thing. It actually comes from the Dale Carnegie How to Stop Worrying and Start Living book. Um, the, the whole idea there is have no thought for the morrow, for the morrow is sufficient for the day therein. So don't think about tomorrow. There's, there's enough trouble that's going to come when tomorrow comes. And you're going to have to deal with that trouble when it comes. Don't worry about it in advance. Don't don't try to be in tomorrow when you're needing to live 100% for today. So eliminating worry is going to be one of the healthiest things for your body that you can do because uh, worry invites stress, and stress is a huge. It's one of the number one emotional factors that will wear your body right out. It'll wear out your heart. It'll wear out many internal parts and you will become sick physically. Your body will suffer when you stress. And one of the key things that men stress about is their jobs, about their work. And, you know, when you're doing that, you're not having faith that Abiyah is going to put provision into your hands. So people worry about money. But Scripture tells us very clearly not to do that. This is a door that we invite that evil in. And then we become anxious. And he tells us not to be anxious for anything. but that we should be thankful instead and that we should do what we do right here on this line as a living example, as a living word that we become where we walk in an attitude of gratitude instead of walking in an attitude of what if and and allow that anxious question to sit and hang over us. What if, what if, what if? Well, if you live in the what if, you have invited a very evil force into your innermost mind, your innermost being that does not belong there. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7 tells us not to be anxious about anything. And if we'll just walk in that, we're going to see some outstanding things come in our lives. It's going to be well worth it to not allow that to be a factor for us, but instead choose to protect your mind. Choose to not invite things in that are going to give you a battle that you don't need to be carrying. This Philippians 4, and again, this, this, whole, this whole Philippians is really about warring against 
the evil. So you can really read the entire book of Philippians if you're needing a manual on fighting the enemy. Uh, I would say that's a great place to sharpen up your sword and get yourself ready for battle on a regular basis. We want to be able to be rejoicing in Yahweh always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your humility be known to all men. Our master is at hand. Do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and by petition with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to Elohim. And the peace of Yahweh which surpasses all understanding. The peace of Yahweh which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Messiah Yeshua. Finally, my brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good. Or whatever is of good, report. If there's any virtue And if there is any praise, think on these things. Another way of saying it is whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is righteous, whatever is clean, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report. If there is any uprightness and if there is any praise, think on these things. So virtue, uprightness. We have to realize that the shalom of Yahweh passes all, it surpasses all understanding. So when we invite this in, which we call the whatever prayer, Because, you know, it says whatever, 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 whatever in the eighth verse. Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, of good report. So it's the whatever prayer that we speak out into the love life, night after night after night. By praying this prayer from Philippians out, by speaking that life 
We cancel out the invitations of other unhealthy things that would want to go there. We don't want them there. We don't want to go there. We don't want you to go there. We do not want to welcome evil spirits. And therefore, to to do that or not do that is a key factor in taking out the invitation. Because we want to put the devil on the run. We want to have the demons on the run. We don't want to allow their evil spirits to come in. We want no invitation whatsoever. They are going to tempt. So just know that up front. Know no matter how good of a person you are. And temptation is not a sin. It's whether you act on the temptation. The temptation is them coming at you. And you actually do an act of evil when you participate in the temptation, which is why Yeshua gave us, lead us not into temptation. We don't even want to let the invitation become available to come in our mailbox. We don't want the text message. We don't want the email. We don't want the phone call. We don't want the voicemail. We don't want to open up our email and see a woman doing things in a video. We don't want to go to our Facebook Messenger and see that. We don't want to go on a Zoom and see two men sodomizing each other. You know, we don't want to see it. We don't want to visualize it. We don't want that imprint in our brain. And believe me, you know, as soon as I said it, that Zoom call that Linda Tyler put together for Doc Wallach for longevity when those guys hacked in and two men were sodomizing on the screen, two black men. It's like that pops into my head immediately. So tell me those imprints, those visuals aren't very, very evil and strong. These strongholds, we have to come against and be stronger. For you to defeat strongholds, you have to be stronger. That's the only way you're going to say, run, devil, run. That's the only way you're going to say, to hell with the devil. That's the only way you're going to be able to come against this this devil that also believes. He believes. Scripture tells us very clear, even the devil himself believes. He knows. He knows Yahweh better than you. He knows you better than you. And your job is to get to know Yahweh better than him and to get to know yourself better than him so you can defeat that. Because when you love Yahweh with all your heart, soul, and strength, mind, when you're completely devoted, dedicated, then he can't get in. 
And when you start loving you the right way, all those old things that used to really, really wear at you because you invited them in. You allowed yourself to beat up you and hate you. Self-hatred is an invitation for the enemy to make you eventually blow your brains out, overdose on pills, drink yourself to death, do something stupid to you. You're going to wreck you. You cannot continue in self-hatred. That demonic force that you allowed in at one point, that you gave an invitation, you have to cancel the invitation and you have to give out the eviction notices. We have pages within the Transformed Recovery textbook that actually does go through E-V-I-C-H-T and every letter has a definite meaning to the eviction notice that needs to be served. I know I went long today again, and I've had a tendency to do this lately, but I'm just letting the Ruach flow. I know I've given all the other ministers a time allotment of how long they can go, so please don't be angry with me. I do have the ability as the station manager to adjust (laughs) and do what I got to do. And if the Ruach is talking and he wants to speak to me and through me, uh, I have to put this stuff out there. So he told me it was time to share Rockisms. There's a lot of great ones that he's given me over, over the years. And it's time for me to put them out on Love Live. So again, in closing, demons, it's hard enough to fight them, so why invite them? A rockism by me, Revelation Rock. And I'm going to come in agreement with David Crowder. I'm, I'm not happy that he's such a strong Jesus guy, but he does understand the scriptures and seems to really know the scriptures, and that is knowing Yeshua. When you know the scriptures, you know Yeshua. And if you got the Ruach HaKodesh in there with it, that's a more powerful force and can override the ignorance that Christianity and other man-made doctrines have ingrained into people. And I believe eventually, because we are in this restoration of all things, the devil that was invited into those situations, into religious formats and religious gatherings, I believe that Abba Yah is going to restore even more than before those places and those institutions. And the apostasy will continue and more people will be exposed. I couldn't believe what happened last Friday night on Tucker Carlson, a black man coming in and basically giving the same kind of powerful political and rebuking of black church leaders and basically how he said they don't got no fruit because the root 
of where the fruit is supposed to come from is a rotten root. I was like, wow, I can't believe this. And that happened because they invited it in a long time ago. This this rockism can be taken in a million ways, but if you get a chance to go on YouTube and type in Tucker Carlson final final words or the end of the broadcast from last week Friday, which would have been the oh let's see the eighteenth yes Friday the eighteenth I'll tell you. That preacher that he had on there, and I don't even know if he was a preacher. He actually didn't, you know, acknowledge himself as being a preacher. But he was a black man rebuking black church leaders, and it was it was awesome. So I say, run, devil, run. I come in agreement with David Crowder. Run, devil, run, because Yahweh is starting to rise up. The end times leaders now. And I hope that you realize you are one. If you're speaking out on Love Live, you're an end times leader. You're part of the remnant of the Ruach, of the Yeshua Covenant, part of the army, part of the fight, the good fight. And in that good fight, we're not going to invite anything that Abiyah would not have us to have in our lives or in the lives of others. We're going to preach it. We're going to teach it. We're going to reach it. Reach, teach, and preach. We're going to bring it forth here on Love, Life, Rock, Remnant, Reality Radio. I'm River Rock, and I'm a Yajay for Yahweh. This is David Crowder. Run. Devil, run.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, yummy, yummy. Time to kick the devil in the face and be a part of the army. Cancel out every invitation that has ever been in our lives. And that might mean evicting some people from our households like I got to do right now. You know, we got to get the people out that don't want to be Mishpaka. If they don't want to be Mishpaka, then hit the road, Jack. This, this ain't for you. And that includes not only Homer Shalom's, that includes a house of worship. And every one of your homes should be, no matter who you are, your homes should be at the highest standard of excellence if you plan to keep any kind of integrity with Yah. So hallelujah. Lay it out with some of this prayer teaching because you've been doing some of the best teaching I've ever heard you do. And I'm ready to kick the devil in the face because it starts with prayer. We have to be able to speak to Yah. We have to be able to, to talk it over and confront the enemy of our soul, and this is this is crucial, this is vital. So, let's hear what you got today, girl. I pray that well, the blood of Yeshua. Yeah, bring it yeah, up. Hallelujah! First of all, I just want to give honor to Yah and and um, say that let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Yah, for you are a shield and and you are a source of our life and in you we choose to live, move, have our being. And um, we've been going through Genesis looking at the life he lived and the prayer life which was a constant thing for him. He did what this when this where the scripture says um pray uh all kinds of prayers and that that includes just downright communication with with him and listening and hearing what he has to say to us. So I ask you, Yah, that we continue to do that. And thank you, Rock, for the teaching that that was um, important to me for more than one reason, for many reasons. But I'm um, going to, instead of uh, look, we'll start again tomorrow, Yah willing, to um, look at more of the lineage where we're in um, Jacob right now and see how how he works his relationship with Yah. With, um, so what I needed to touch base on is healing because uh, last night in the middle of Transform, the cat I'm supposed to put in his cage and as I was doing it, he got mad and bit me, and it went pretty deep. It's a pretty bad bite. So now 
I asked Google. I I should have, I did right away was praying, but it came to my mind to see um, what Google said. And it said, if you haven't had these booster um, shots for uh, some kind of disease, a cat can, a dog or a cat can pass on that um, you should go get a booster if you get a bite. And so I'm in prayer about, you know, I was talking to Yah about that. And um, I'm, I see in the Word where throughout the Word and from Abraham to the end, Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, you know, he heals us. Thou art the Yah who heals us. He heals all our diseases. And was it sin that a cat bit me? No, it's a, just the nature of a cat to, when he don't like something, protect himself. And so I prayed about that because was there something I did that caused the cat to bite? And, and Yah simply said, Take the cage to him, put it in front of him, and tell him night-night. <laughs> and when I did that, the cat was very peaceful, and he walked into his cage. And so I had to carry him to his place, but it wasn't too heavy, and I was able to do it. But there was a solution, and it was peace. So in a sense, I learned I have to respect the nature that Yah put in animals, and I need to um, uh, always um, respect and not go out of the out of the um, line of safety. Then also, Rock, this morning as you were talking about our home and and us being his set-aside people to raise a standard that's Yah's standard and to hold that in our home. I looked at my um, options and according to um, Google, I should get a tetanus shot. and then I looked out, looked up what does a tetanus shot do. It will um, um, immune, cause an immunity to a disease that would could kill um, if you get it. And then I had to compare that to the truth, what the word's telling me. And you know what? It's. I ran across, and I. It was. Um. I was looking through what Google said, the Bible says about it, and it it said that my glasses. <laughs> where did I put them? Excuse me. I don't know where my glasses. Basically, um, the Old Testament 
tells us that um, we are to, um, you know, uh, take, it says the oil of your healing flows through through me like a um a, a swift stream so really the more i listen to the word the more i hear hear him telling me um i don't need to do how man has did it and put in a little bit of the poison to make you immune to it. And so do I, um, can I, is my faith to the point that I can um, not get the tetanus shot? I looked at the horrible way you die if you die from tetanus, but I don't need to even know that because um, Yah keeps me. So I'm sharing with you the struggle that I went through in deciding what I'm going to do about this wound. Well, he told us, you know, healing. He told us our part is to bathe to clean, you know, keep clean. And as Rock talks, Rock saying that's our part in the Ruhako realm is to keep um, the, the house clean. And my body is as the house I live in. So it made it pretty clear to wash, wash it really good. And then it said, put a Band-Aid on it. (laughs) And what is the Band-Aid? But um, my accepting of that by the strike, I'm already healed. So um, I just say, let Yah rise and the enemy be scattered. And um, no sin, no sickness, no disease, no infirmity shall dwell in my house. Because Yeshua is the master. And if I live, I live on, as I live, I live on Yah. And if I die, I die uh, in this flesh only to rest until it's time to um, go to the next step he has for me. And he told us a lot of what we what's going to happen when we when he returns etc so um like paul if i live or die it's on to yah because i'm his so the physical things that come against us um are from demons too um I don't know if I can say the cat was demon-possessed for biting me, (laughs) but he was just doing what's in his nature. And sometimes the flesh is against the Ruhak. So I just am thankful that 
I can trust he is my healer and uh I shall shall watch him. I'll be a witness of um him taking care of me and I need to do my part which is whatever the next right steps are. And fear is a liar um, because sometimes it, it brings fear when you decide not to take a vaccine that everybody likes the, the shot for the COVID, so that type of thing, taking your normal vaccines that they require for kids to go to school. I had to have them. So I had them probably 65 years ago. (laughs) And I lived through them. And man, therefore thought they were doing something correct. Oh, but we just know that we have the patches that yes made available and um our immune system that yas strengthens by us putting the right things in to our bodies and that was another good point from rockism that when you were talking about what we've put in our mouth has to be um watched and portion control, knowing that we're not called to be gluttons, that wouldn't magnify our yeah. And just just studying the text, the Torah, and um, doing the steps that he requires. And now I have to... Uh, check out would it be sin to take that shot, especially if I would take it because I'm afraid of getting the disease. When Yah already told me that I am um, kept from that disease by the price he paid. I was wounded. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So whether I get that shot or not, the healing only comes from him. And uh, um, I just say, let Yah rise and the enemy be scattered. And I thank you, um, Yah, that you lead us into all truth and um we pray that Satan stay under our feet as we stay in you and help us overcome the things we do that is is not um a good good example of the essence of what love is. And so let Yah rise always and the enemy be scattered. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen.
been talking, need to breathe here on Love Live Rock Running Reality Radio. You gotta shut him up. You've got a big mouth, don't you think? <laughs> wow, hallelujah. We are kicking the devil in the face today. This is Love Live Rock Remnant Reality Radio. And we know the number one kicker that we can do is kick with the boots of Yeshua on our feet. We got to have our feet shot with the good news of Shalom. Hallelujah. And be fully armored up. Again, uh, Ephesians 6, we can uh, see how to put on the full armor of Yah and be able to fight this devil that wants to sneak his way in. And we have to fight him by not inviting him in. Hallelujah. That's Rockism of the Day. And this is Scott Scribe Pratt coming to you now. Shaliakabahaba with the do's and don'ts, the Torah truth, the wealth of wisdom, all wrapped up in a beautiful package named Scribe. And I love this man. I just pray by the blood and the authority of Yahushua HaMashiach that you just cover him right now. Pour buckets of blood from his ceiling. Just have these buckets of the blood of Yeshua just dripping all over him. Let the anointing fall. Let him be washed. Washed in the blood. Hallelujah. The power, the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And I just pray that as he opens his mouth, you fill it with your master's message this day. Yeah, I mean. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise Yah. Um, thank you for the kind words. We're gonna um, this message. While it's a, it's a rewrite, and I'm glad it's yeah, I'm glad it is because I had a chance to look at it this morning. Um, as every good message is, it's chock full of scripture. Okay, so if it gets a little long, I apologize. I will make a point, and surprisingly enough, I believe it's going to fit in here. Okay, it's going to fit right in line with what we're with what we're talking about. Um. So without further ado, Mishle 10, 16 through 22. The labor of the righteous is for life. The gain of the wicked is for sin. On the way of life is he who heeds instruction. But he who refuses reproof is going astray. Extra verses I'll get to later. Mishle 6, 23, 15.5, 5.12. Verse 18. He who hides hatred with, his, with lying lips and he who sends out slander is a fool. Psalm 31, 18. Proverbs, 6, or Proverbs 26, 24. Verse 19. In the abundance of words... Sin does not cease, but one but one restraining his lips is prudent. Ecclesiastes five two, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, usually ten twenty. The verse 
or I'm sorry, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is as a little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of heart. The Barukatav Yah makes rich, and he adds no pain with it. Now, what we're seeing in here is that from so, at some po- from some point in the future, I'm sorry, from some point in the past, Solomon is being ma- made aware of it. A lot of it's probably personal experience and going through Torah and all the rest of it. So, you know, Abba has these fathers of the faith re-expounding and re-expounding and re-expounding on what humanity has already gone through, but Yah already knew. Okay? Let's look at verse 10, 16 again. The labor of the righteous is for, li- is for life. The gain of the wicked is for sin. Look, let's say, just take the second half of that verse. Who is the most wicked we can think of? Obviously, that would be Hasatan, right? Here we go back with this, you know, the Shaddaim, divisive spirits. Okay, It's really clear. It's really simple. The labor of the, of the righteous is for life. Yeshua was righteous. Yahweh is righteous. Yeshua is righteous. But the gain of the wicked, what Hasatan set out to acquire, the hearts of humanity, an altered look an altered view of who Yahweh was. Acquires sin. I don't think that's a reach. On the way of life is he who heeds instruction, but he who refuses reproof is going astray. Again, did 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 Gaudriel, before he was cast out, have the opportunity to listen to Abayah's reproof in Shamaim? We don't know for sure. What we do know is that Abayah is a forgiving Elohim. And had an ear been turned to him, to him, and Gaudriel been given... I mean, repentance wasn't created for angels. I get that. But I also know that our Elohim is reasonable. Either way, Satan's in the situation he's in. five 5.8 Remove your ways far from her, and do not come near to the door of her house lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel, that strangers not be filled with your strength and your labors be, f- be filled, or, and your labors be in the house of an alien. And you moan when your end comes, when your flesh and muscle are eaten away, and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised correction. 
And have I not? And I have not heard the voice of my teachers, nor stretched my ear to those instructing me. Now, we know that Hasatan is a deceiver. If we spend any kind of time on the internet, especially recently in these end times, where Yah is drawing all things back to the original order and is about to reveal something something awesome, we start seeing images of Baphomet, a demon, Hasatan, Godrael, whatever you want to call him. We start seeing pictures. There's a statue, an 800-pound statue, uh, about 80 feet tall in Detroit somewhere, of Baphomet. This goat-faced, horned, female-breasted, bisexual, transgendered, transmorphic image And I've got to ask, are we making the connection? I mean, on this line, we probably are. We probably have. But, Mishle 5.8, the way it's talking here, yes, yes, women can be deceptive. Don't get me wrong. Men can be deceptive. Men can lie. Women can lie. I get all that. Okay? But wouldn't the most perfect, imperfect package of that ability. Couldn't it also be carved out into the same image that we see? That deceives, that twists from the original, that that completely and totally twists from what Yah intended. That there not be a, transgen- a, a transgendered na- nature to reality. But that if it did pop up, we would be able to identify it and call it out and come against that Shaddaim and come against that demon and deal with it through the power of the blood of Yeshua. Mishle twenty six twenty four, he who hates, oh okay, he who hates dissembles with his lips, for he lays up deceit in his inner being. When his voice is gracious, do not believe him, for he has seven hateful things in his heart. Now I'm just going to throw it out there. Could the could the authors of the Bible? Could the authors of what we call Torah and Scripture, Gitei HaKadosh, Brit HaDashah, could they have doubled up on the pronouns here? Could Solomon have doubled up on the pronouns? Why would it have crossed his mind? I don't know. Why it's unreasonable to expect him to, or why it's unreasonable to expect him not to double up on the pronouns at the time he wrote this, I can't answer that either. So those that are choosing to embrace a 
deceived into believing more loving, more kind, more generous, more, more inclusive nature. are going to feel uncomfortable reading over and or reading this verse and tripping over it. Because it starts with he. Alright, let's look at it again. He who hates dissembles with his lips. Who do we know that did that? Hasatan did that. He dissembled with his lips. For he lays up deceit in his inner being. Did he not do that? When his voice is gracious, do not believe him. He comes as an angel of light. He tells you all sorts of sorts of things that you want to hear. For he has seven hateful things in his heart. I would imagine those would be the abominations that Yah hates. Or seven was just a number, and there could be more in his heart than that that are hateful. Mishle 6.23, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law of light, and reproofs of instruction are a way of life. 24 gets good. To keep you from the evil woman. From the smooth tongue of the strange woman. Let that just soak in for a minute. We all know the character traits of of goats, okay, to one extent or another, okay. I'll pre-qualify just in case there's somebody else out there listening that is not in the mood to, to, you know, lean or listen favorably into the context. Okay, we've all, you know, we've all laughed at goat videos on YouTube for crying out loud, more than likely. Okay, what do goats do? They want to run around, uh, you know, they want to run around and headbutt anybody that, that upsets them. Okay, so there's an element of rudeness. There's going to be an element of rudeness from time to time in Baphomet, in Gaudreel, okay? But there's also going to be an attraction to most men because it's referring to her as the evil woman. But we want to stay away from that evil. We want to stay away from the smooth tongue that sounds too good to be true because in that case, it is too good to be true. Actually, it's too bad to be... It's just false. Michelet fifteen five. A fool despises a fool despises his father's instructions, but he keeping correction is sensible. Okay. We believe Abba Yah created the Malachim at some point in time, at some point in eternity. It is safe to say that, that it would be safe to say that Elohim Yahuwah fathered Godrael the angel. He was his son. Godrael was told not to sit in that chair. 
he acted the fool, he despised his father's instructions. He's paying the price. Yahuwah, Yeshua, kept the instruction of his father. Is keeping the instruction of his father. And is sensible. Mishle 18.21, death and life are in the hand of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat its fruit. We have to be constantly on our toes. As Rock was saying, why invite them in? Why invite the adversary in? We know that whichever Shaddaim is pursuing us, whatever it is that's, that's coming at us, okay, we have, to differ, we have to either differentiate between the communications that he's trying to throw at us and pick life over death and risk getting trapped and failing, or we got to completely reject any conversation that causes death, diminishes life, diminishes what, whatever else that can be diminished, okay? So that it's not in our conversation, so that our conversation, the use of our tongue, does not proliferate an atmosphere of death. And those who love it, those who get it right, those who get really, 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 really good at speaking life, shall eat of its fruit. There really is no fruit in death. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm glad. There really is no fruit in death. So while people will sit there and look at it and, contra- and say it contradicts itself, it really doesn't. But if you are prone to using your tongue for to convey ideas and thoughts and ideas that promote death, destruction, depression, put an adjective on it, if that's who you are, don't be surprised when you don't feel good. Don't be surprised when you feel like the world is closing in around you. Don't be surprised when you don't have any friends. You're speaking death over a specific situation. And nobody enjoys a funeral. Move on to Ecclesiastes uh, 5.2. Do not be hasty with your word, and do not let your heart hurry to bring forth a word before the Elohim. For the Elohim is in heaven, and you are on earth. On account of this, let your words be few. For the dream comes through greatness of what of the task, and the voice of the fool is known by many words. 
the warning here is not to spill your guts about everything you know. Don't let your tongue, don't, don't let your flesh cause you to confess something with your mouth that you're going to have to repent of later. Pretty much that simple. For the Elohim in heaven, for the Elohim is in heaven, and you are on earth. On account of this, let your words be few. <clears throat> we know that heat rises. Okay, we know that the human body is was designed to be set at ninety-eight point six degrees. That's still heat. What we have to be careful of is that the words that we express with the tongue and lips that our Elohim gave us is that we don't borrow heat from the pits of hell in our conversation. Because Yahweh is listening. And if our praises rise up as we as we've been taught, how can we reasonably think that Yahweh is not hearing our curses either, whether they're directed at Him or not? For the dream comes through the greatness of the task. And again, this could be you know. Um, the actual, actual acquisition of a material thing um, because of the, the, the level of work that you're doing, the, the, the magnitude of the work and, the, and the, the, um, the pay for it will obviously give you freedom to do certain things. And the voice of the fool is known by many words. A lot of times those words are going to be nonsensical. A lot, a lot of times they're going to be defeatist. Um, we've probably noticed throughout time that it takes a lot longer to express an excuse than it does to assert agreement. Mishle 10.19 in the abundance of words, sin does not cease. But one restraining his lips is prudent. If you don't have control of your tongue, you know, and again, whether, whether it's a positive conversation or a negative conversation or you're engaging in another behavior, say drinking, or whatever that you shouldn't be. Loose lips sink ships. I've said it before. Okay? If you aren't watching what you're saying, you're going to talk yourself into a corner. You're going to talk yourself into a situation. And if sin is separation of, from, God, from Elohim, if sin is dis-ease in the presence of Elohim,
why wouldn't you take serious notice when your conversation is becoming diseased? Diseased. Yeah. Um, but one restraining his lips is prudent. Think before you speak. Know what you're talking about. Again, you don't have to throw it. You don't have to throw it out there all at once and overwhelm people. But think before you speak. Allow the Ruach Hakadosh to produce through you nuggets of wisdom, like the rockisms that Rock has thrown out. They're hard enough to fight. Why would you invite? James one nineteen and 20. And this will be the last verse. James one nineteen. Therefore, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man Can I can, can I throw in can I throw in there Godrael? For the wrath of man does not work out the righteousness of Elohim. We all already know this. We're we're aware of what happens when we do get upset, whether we've been in Scripture and in the church or not, okay? These are not truths that are specifically limited to the scope of religion. Anybody that would try to assert that they are is a fool. If somebody can point me in a direction where they can provide evidence where not being swift to hear, not being slow to speak, and not being slow to rap is a good thing, well, then I guess I'll have to eat my words. Abiyah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power of the messages that were that were shared. Abiyah, we elevate you, we esteem you, we exalt you, and we thank you for purposing us, for purposing us to serve you in a way that benefits us, that benefits others. Abiyah, there there is nothing we can give you, there's nothing we can do for you other than give our lives back to you. And the only way we can do that, yeah, is by living in a way that, in a way in which you can be seen in us. Yeah, that we would be seen emulating you in everything that we do in a way that honors you, in a way that 
is not one of one-upsmanship, but is in one of honor. I'll be on the name of Yeshua right now. I slam the doors. I slam any doors that would be open to Shadaim, to the divisive, to divisive spirits, to demons of any sort. I slam the doors on them in, in the name of Yeshua. I plead the blood of Yeshua over them. I call down the power and authority of Shamaim that they would be crushed, that they would be silenced, that their flaming arrows would be extinguished and blunted, Abayah, so that those hearing this message possibly for the first time could get a true, righteous, and perfect understanding of who you are and how much you love them. In the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. And Amen.
hell with the devil. Goes with our theme today that we do not want to invite any evil in whatsoever. The rockism has brought forth this theme of coming against the devil. We've had devil is a liar by the we are messengers. We've had Run Devil Run by Crowder and To Hell with the Devil by Striper. Um, and Devil's Been Talking by Need to Breathe. We definitely got people that have spoke out, people that have risen up against the enemy and have been willing to fight him even in song. And we need to realize he is called Hasatan, the enemy, is the English definition for that title that God, Re'el, was given as the enemy. Both Hebrew words, God, Re'el, and Hasatan. So we, hallelujah, have to take everything that we've been sharing today, and there's been tremendous amount of excellent knowledge that has been put forth. We have to take that knowledge now, and we have to pray over it and bring it into prayer for understanding. And as we come to a deeper level of understanding of this knowledge, it's time to take action. And that's where that term, kick the devil in the face, comes from. And I've been saying it for every speaker that's come up today. I pray by the blood and the authority of Yeshua HaMashiach, as even Sam now is about to share the promise of the day and close us out, that she will give the devil one last kick because I believe every minister of love that spoke today surely has kicked the devil in the face. And that's what we have to do if we want to protect ourselves and not allow any invitation for any demonic force into our life, into our bodies, into our minds, into our hearts, and surely not to be spoken by our tongues. We must speak life to the deadest, darkest night, and not allow any evil to proceed from our lips, but only those things that are good. And that is why the whatever prayer was how I closed up, that when we really look at thinking on those things, if those things are in the forethoughts, there is no room for other things to be able to come in. So hallelujah, abiyah, as Sam brings forth this promise, give her the ninja UFC fighter kick to just take the devil out so that he's out of all of our lives as we proclaim this unto the nations. Yami. Hallelujah. So today's promise is um, Psalm 103, verse 12. 
I'll read it from the HRB. It says, As far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. So we know, you know, each one of us, you know, it's our transgressions, our sin that separates us from Yahweh. And when we come to him and we embrace a relationship with him, we ask for his forgiveness. He forgives. And he doesn't forgive like human beings forgive with conditions or with remembrance. He says he forgives and then forgets. And what I like about the uh, the passage is that it says he removes our transgressions from us. Like they're not even like part of us anymore. They're something that we did, but they don't. They aren't ours. He removes them. And was you know when I was looking up the word transgression in the in the Hebrew and its meaning, one of the things that came up was rebellion. And I guess we all know that the biggest rebellious enemy of Yahweh is is Hasatan, and because he cho- chose to be, you know, independent of Yahweh, and that was another uh, form of the word. It meant to be independent. It means you want to do things on your own. You don't want Yahweh in your life. You don't want to His help. You don't want to submit to His instruction. You don't want to be obedient. You want to do things your way. And that attitude and that way of life is contradictory to one that is Yali, one that is walking with him, one that is walking free of transgressions because you're walking in transgression. And I much would rather be free from those sins I'd much rather be dependent upon the creator of the world. And that's what he promises. He removes our transgressions. As far as the east is from the west, he removes them from us. That gives us an opportunity to have a free life, free from the guilt and shame of our pasts, free to be, I think, free to be what Yahweh wants us to be. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and she's not a believer, but she did say that 
in, in dealing with a situation with someone who's struggling with addiction, she said, she just needs to find out what her purpose is in life. I said, yes, exactly. That's what everyone is here for. <laughs> but we're more specific about it. We're here to find out what Yah's purpose is for our life. And when we find that, we're in complete alignment. And then we have uh, a shalom and we have uh, a destiny. We have this purpose in our heart that drives us. We have passion. And and all those things that drives, you know, brings joy and, and fulfillment and and so many other positive attributes into our life. But we have to rid ourselves of that old man, that rebellious old man who wanted to be independent of Yahweh, who wanted to do things our own way. It, it just, you don't find satisfaction in that. You're always striving for more. It, it's It's... The fire, right? That's never satisfied. It continues to consume and consume and consume. It just can't be satisfied. And that's what a life of fill the transgression is. So I am grateful today that Yahweh put this in his book and that he chose to forgive and remove. I mean, it says remove our transgressions. So it's not even us anymore. It's gone. That's something that's to be hanging over our head as a, a reminder that you're unworthy or you're bad or anything like that. He wants to remove it and let us just walk and flow in the new man that he created us to be. So hallelujah. Thank you, Yah. I'm grateful, Father, that you have brought us here today on this line to share your word, to encourage one another, to sharpen one another. And you know, I pray for those who are who are still lost and struggling in their own sin, their own transgressions that they have not yet come to the point of allowing you to remove them, to free them, to set them free. We know that's what Yeshua came for, to set the captives free. And you are so willing and able to do it. I just pray that this particular person that, that I was in discussion with would know that freedom. And we all know someone who's stuck and bound in their own transgressions. I pray that Yahweh will send the right person in their lives. And maybe it will be you. But I'm praying that you set this captive free today. And I thank you that each one of us can walk in freedom today 
hallelujah, and and be grateful for all that you have removed and that you removed so far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. Amen. forgetfulness the chains of yesterday surround me I yearn for peace and rest I don't want to end up where you found me and it echoes in my mind keeps me awake tonight I know you cast my sin as far as the east is from the west and I stand before you I'm just one mistake away From you leaving me this way Jesus, can you show me just how far The east is from the west Cause I can't bear to see the man I've been Rising up in me again In the arms of your mercy I find rest How far the east is from the west From one scarred hand to the other I start the day the war begins Endless reminding of my sin Time and time again your truth is drowned out by the storm I'm in Today I feel like I'm just one mistake away From you leaving me this way Jesus, can you show me just how far the east is from the west Cause I can't bear to
If I had only known the last time would be the last time I would have put off all the things I had to do I would have stayed a little longer Held on a little tighter Now what I'd give for one more day with you There's a wound here in my heart where something's missing And they tell me that it's gonna heal with time But I know you're in a place where all your wounds have been erased And knowing yours are healed is healing mine The only scars in heaven There won't be There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven Are on the hands that hold you now No, the road you walked was anything but easy You picked up your share of scars along the way Oh, but now you're standing in the sun You fought your fight and your race is run The pain is all a million miles away The only scars in heaven There won't be There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven yeah, Are on the hands that hold you now That I don't see you You live on in all the better parts of me Until I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run Until I finally see what you can see
the only scars in heaven Are on the hands that hold you now My life 